As Earth Keepers, we hold wisdom about our planet within our bodies learned through lifetimes of experience on Earth and throughout the cosmos. I'm Amy Dempster, a shamanic practitioner and your host for the Earth Keepers podcast, and I'm on a journey to reconnect with my soul family, the other Earth Keepers, grid workers, portal tenders, land stewards, and nature lovers around the world. On this podcast, you won't find gurus or dogma, just a safe space where I share personal stories from my spiritual journey. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Earth Keepers podcast. How are you feeling? Honestly, I had a really hard time getting this episode done. I'm submitting it to my podcast editor at least two days late because I couldn't quite get the vibe right. I knew what I wanted to say and all of the pieces were floating around in my head, but every time I tried to write it out in a series of cohesive thoughts, nothing about it felt right. And I think that has a lot to do with all of the energy swirling in the collective over the past week. I see now how many people really thought that on January 1st, some kind of cosmic switch would be flipped and the world would somehow be normal again. But as much as we may not like how this dismantling energy feels, it is totally necessary for us to get to something new. If you would have asked 100 random people on the street 12 months ago what in the world needs to change, they would have all given you a laundry list of things that were wrong with the world. And also, you would have said that the problems were either too big to solve or they were too small and unimportant to do anything about it themselves. We collectively wanted change, but change doesn't happen overnight. Well, actually, it could happen overnight, but we don't collectively believe that's possible. So here we are in the messy middle of transformation. Suddenly, things that didn't seem possible 12 months ago or possible. And I mean that in every way. While there's some really exciting new possibilities starting to come into view, there's also some downright scary shit happening that we didn't think could ever happen either. And so we're figuring it out one day and sometimes one hour at a time. So on today's episode, we're going to talk a bit about light and dark, good and evil. They're words we throw around pretty casually without much thought. And what about love? It's almost become a throwaway word, even in spiritual communities. It's a fun sport on social media to hate on the people who only talk about love and light. And I see where that comes from. Focusing only on the light and pretending the dark doesn't exist is a recipe for disaster. Let's be honest. That's what we've collectively been doing in the United States, probably since before it was founded. And what's happening at this exact moment in time is that there's finally some light shining in all the dark corners we've been pretending don't exist. We've only thought the best about our country. We've been the hero in every story. Who wouldn't want to be an American? We believed all of our own propaganda. And we didn't even know it was propaganda. So now it's time to see to take a good hard look and see what we've been doing to ourselves and to each other for far too long, and then decide what we will no longer tolerate. But we have to remember that we can't get so lost in healing our shadow that we forget about the importance of love. 
So let's get on with the story and talk about the true power of love. Now, if there's one thing I've learned on my spiritual journey, it's not to hold too tightly to any thoughts about what does or doesn't exist in this universe. Because at some point or another, you're going to be shown something that you don't believe in. And then you'll have to decide whether or not to go on pretending like it doesn't exist or actually incorporate it into your belief systems. So a few months ago, when I was being called to work with Flathead Lake, the largest freshwater lake west of the Mississippi that just so happens to be about 10 miles from my home, I wasn't even sure what it was I needed to do or where to start. So after a few weeks of hemming and hawing, I finally just went to the trail closest to my house and climbed to the overlook with a wide view of the north end of the lake. I sat on a large rock outcropping, toned into the earth for a minute or two, and then tuned into the energy. When I did, I was shown something I'd never seen before. It was a giant black rectangular box floating above the lake with a bunch of arms or tentacles stretched out in every direction and anchored into the earth. Nikola Tesla, who pops in on me every now and then, suddenly appeared and said, this is a really big project, but this being has no power. It's just anchored into the earth and needs to be removed. I was confused about what kind of being this was. It seemed completely inorganic, like a machine. Tesla confirmed that was, in fact, the case. It was AI, artificial intelligence, and it was mucking up the lake's energy. The anchors would have to be removed by some kind of energetic surgery that I wasn't sure I knew how to do. He then gave me the first location I would need to go to to remove that anchor. As I finished my conversation and stood up to leave, the only other person I saw during my time there was coming down the trail having a very loud phone conversation with someone saying, I have no money. I have no food. I have nowhere to go. She didn't acknowledge me as she walked right past, and I got the impression it was somehow indicative of the energy I was going to be working with. So I started down the trail in the opposite direction and suddenly got the feeling I was being watched. I walked faster to hurry back to my car, and the creepy feeling was so strong that I kept looking over my shoulder to make sure there wasn't anyone actually following me. When I got to the car, I locked my doors and sat quietly for a moment. In all of the times I've been out in nature alone, I've never felt that way before. And I really didn't like it. This was clearly not going to be a fun project. But I understood why it needed to be done. That being said, I wasn't totally sure I believed in these AI devices. It seemed like something out of a sci-fi movie. Was this even real? And what was its purpose? Over the next few weeks, I was led one by one to each location that had a tentacle anchored. Luckily, the creepy stalker feeling didn't return at any of the other locations. My large amethyst point showed me how to use it to direct its energy to surgically remove the anchor and... At each spot, I sent the tentacles back to the black box with love before doing a little energy repair with the land itself. Then, in early December, I received a bit of an urgent message that I needed to wrap up removing this thing before the solstice. I decided to open the Akashic Records for the lake to see if there was any other information that I needed 
and was shown that the energy of the lake had been split in two. The north end of the lake, where I had been working, was a bit more in its natural or original state, although it had been altered over time. When the dam was installed on the outlet of the lake on the south end, it significantly affected the ecosystem there. What it was being shown in the records is that the color of the water on the north end was much deeper and darker. And this machine I was working on removing had installed a kind of energetic dam right through the middle of the lake. It was taking the natural energy of this area and replacing it with something that looks the same, but is not the same. I was being shown a cardboard cutout of the lake placed over the actual lake. This machine was keeping the actual energy in this place hidden. We just weren't aware of it because everything looked exactly the same, but it was definitely not the same. I was shown that this black box was like a projector, showing us a kind of hologram image of what was there. As soon as the box was removed, the projector would shut off and we could again interact with the actual energy of the lake. I have to be honest, this sounded really far-fetched to me, and yet also totally made sense, because as much as I love the water, I have never liked being on Flathead Lake in our boat. The river? Fine. Any of the other three or four lakes in the area? Also fine. The reservoir? I love it. But the lake? Nope. Every time we go on the lake, I am tense and nervous for absolutely no reason. But now I understand it. I was only interacting with the projection, not the actual lake. And something about it felt very weird and uncomfortable to me. That being said, once I did understand it, the reality of it was a bit overwhelming. Certainly, this is not the only projection we're dealing with in the world. How many of these machines exist? How many projections are we interacting with every single day without knowing it? It's a lot to try and process. I asked another earth tender who also works with Tesla quite a bit what she knew about these projectors, and she felt the same way I did, a little hesitant. So she asked Tesla about them directly and received a similar explanation. He said that these devices are projecting an artificial dimension to draw people away from the vibration of the real dimension. So as long as our focus is only on the projection, we won't perceive beyond it, which limits us from raising to a higher vibration. He went on to say that we harmonize our vibration with our beliefs. These machines are using our belief system that seeing is believing to take advantage of our human tendency not to look beyond or question our perceived reality. Therefore, an alternate timeline can be held in place just by our belief in it. As we raise our consciousness, we can begin to hold other concepts of truth and begin releasing old beliefs. When we do that, we can all of a sudden see beyond the artificial projected images and shift our awareness to the organic timeline. Kind of blows your mind, doesn't it? It actually proves how much we let our eyes tell us about what's happening in the world instead of relying on our feelings. My feelings had been telling me something was off about the lake every time I interacted with it. But if I looked at it, I would say, but it's so pretty. 
I was totally duped into believing what I was seeing, not what I was feeling. Once I closed my eyes and totally tuned into the energy there, I could see what was really there. So the week before the solstice, I finished the last few pieces and then handed the project off to my earth tender and grid worker friend, Elise, who'd received the download about how exactly to remove the black box along with Archangel Metatron. The two of them destroyed the box, and a few hours later, we had an earthquake, very deep in the earth, but centered right along the river that feeds into the lake. The earth was literally releasing the last bits of energy connected to this black box. Seeing that happen really reinforced my belief that this was all real. Then, on 12-12, I opened the records for the lake again, and this time, I felt like a child looking up in wonder at the expanse of stars above. The energies and spirits of the lake could see the stars again. All possibilities have been restored, I was told. They thanked us for our work and asked that we call back the original blueprints for this place. It was like restarting an engine that had long been stalled. I was happy to be done with the project, but couldn't stop thinking about these projectors and how many more AI devices there must be. A few weeks went by and I heard another mention of projections. While listening to the Dolores Cannon book, The Convoluted Universe, book two, where she shares transcripts from her past life regression sessions, someone mentioned that their human self was just a projection. Wait, what? All of the thoughts were running through my head now. A human can be a projection? How? Wouldn't someone at some point notice that they weren't really real? But the soul in the session went on to explain that it was kind of like a shape-shifting of its star-being self into a human body, but that the body was programmed to not get sick, because if doctors were to run too many tests, they would begin asking questions and digging deeper. And there would be a lot that would come back in the test results that wouldn't align with our understanding of the human body, because it's not technically human. Whoa. So that is how good these projections are. They really do show up and interact with us like a human, or a body of water, or whatever. And again, they look very real. So as long as nobody digs deeper, nobody is going to notice. All these projections are just hanging around in our everyday lives thinking, just act natural. They'll never know. But here's the thing. Not every projection is inherently bad. This person who was a projection had a specific mission they were here on Earth to assist with. And in that case, it wasn't actually inorganic. It was still an organic being, just from another place. As I let that information sink in, I suddenly had a big download a few weeks later. Out of nowhere, it hit me. All of the internet is actually artificial intelligence. I mean, duh, of course it is. But for some reason, this felt like an epiphany. And then I was shown that much like there is an organic grid for the earth, there is an inorganic AI grid as well. Things like this black box aren't isolated situations. They're very strategically placed. And they're all linked together, or maybe even broadcast by the internet. 
In fact, Elon Musk's SpaceX program is launching batches of 60 satellites at a time into orbit around the Earth in order to blanket the Earth with internet access everywhere. There's already 800 of these satellites up in space, but thousands more are planned. They will literally power this AI grid. Now, stay with me for a moment, because this can sound a little scary or sinister, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. But what I realized is that we're literally surrounded by this inorganic grid energy. It's filling our atmosphere, just like the air we breathe. That black box wasn't some old, broken-down device that was no longer functioning. It was waiting for this new AI grid to come online. And honestly, the thought of it all kind of took my breath away. Once I could see and understand it, I immediately asked, what are we supposed to do about this? But while it felt a little ominous to me, I was told that the AI grid is not inherently bad. It can function in a variety of ways, and what matters most is who is controlling the grid. And immediately I was shown the lightworkers who are already working at all of these tech companies. While so many people who built these systems have been corrupted by them in one way or another, there are also so many lightworkers trying to fix the system or make something new. The grid doesn't need to be dismantled per se, But we, the majority, need to have some say in how it functions. And so does the Earth. The machine I dismantled was highly annoying to the land and the lake. Nobody had asked its permission, and it didn't want it there. So this message was really a call to action to each of us. Now is not the time to sit back and think that someone else will change the things we don't like in our current timeline. We are all needed in this new Aquarian age. And one of the traits of this Aquarian energy is an emphasis on technology, as well as shifting our focus from the individual to the collective. This is a time for us to become truly empowered and integrated individuals so that we can create together in benefit of the collective, of which we are a part. But We have to look beyond the projections that have been programmed by people or things who may have another agenda. We have to be willing to do more than just look at the man behind the curtain. We have to feel into that energy and see if it aligns with ours. And I think that's exactly what's been happening all over the world for the past year. People are finally saying, wait a minute, I see what you're showing me, but something about that feels off. So they're asking more questions and demanding more transparency so they can make the best choices for themselves and their families and the collective. So very Aquarian. But this whole thing still left me with more questions too. Mainly, where did this AI grid come from in the first place? And if it's being controlled by people or beings who don't have the best interest of humanity in mind, where did that energy come from? This whole good versus evil or light versus dark thing has never felt quite right to me, but I couldn't figure it out. In my experience, what we might call dark entities can never stand up to being questioned. They look scary and intimidating so that we won't look them in the eye and ask them who they really are. But if they're so easy to dismantle, why are there so many of them 
And why are we collectively so afraid? I asked this question to my friend and fellow healer, Jessica, who said she'd been working on the same idea. What she realized is that darkness and evil are not the same thing. Light and dark is part of our natural state of being. Just like the earth has its cycles and seasons of light and dark, we need that balance too. Seeds are planted and nurtured in the dark. We rest in the dark. There is nothing wrong with the dark. But somewhere along the line, darkness was equated with evil. And when that happened, we began to fear the dark, including the dark within ourselves. Instead of working with the darkness within ourselves, we hide from it. And when that happens, the actual evil things can hang out there. When we dare to take a peek into our darkness, something pops out from behind the bushes and says, boo. And we close our eyes even tighter and swear we're never going back to that place again. And so we've allowed this projection to show us that the dark is scary and can hurt us. But it's only a cardboard cutout standing in front of the actual vibration of dark, which is a healing and sacred place from within ourselves to work from. I realized this is why I didn't feel that creepy feeling when I was removing the tentacles that I felt when I first saw the box. Seeing that box spooked me. I wasn't sure I wanted to look at it or get that close to it. And so it was an easy task for the projection to show me something creepy to try and scare me off. But when I worked with the tentacles, I worked from a place of love. So nothing could bother me in that frequency. Love is extremely powerful. We've been taught that love is this lightweight, syrupy, sweet energy. In fact, if you look at the books and movies and TV shows about love, we're often given the impression that love somehow weakens or distracts us. But guess what? That's a projection. Yet another cardboard cutout standing up over the actual vibration of love. We've been shown again and again in popular culture how we somehow lose ourselves in love. But that's not true. Love really is the most powerful force in the universe. And any energy not formed in or operating from love knows it. And it's scared to death that you might figure that out. But if you think about the real feeling of love, the love you have for your children or partner or family or pets, that is not a Valentine candy sweet feeling. It fills your entire being, vibrating out of your body. You would do anything to protect those that you love. There is nothing weak about that energy. The things in our world that we would label as evil are simply thought forms created from immense pain and suffering. People are not evil, but they may be in enough pain to allow these thought forms into their awareness and believe the things that they're showing them. And once you believe those things, the world around you will reflect your beliefs back to you. But if you actually go into the dark corners inside yourself and look at those creepy little beings right in the face and demand they show you who they really are, they immediately disappear. They're not real. Only our belief in them makes them real. And what about beings from other places in the universe that may have some kind of evil plans for Earth? Well, those are just plans that benefit them in some way. 
we're the ones who decide whether or not they're evil and whether or not their vibration is welcome here on our earth plane. So remember in last week's episode when I said that the energy of 2021 will ask that you work from your heart? This is what I mean. This month has been demanding a lot of our energy and nervous systems and emotions already. And this week may ask for even more of it. In order to navigate it, we're going to have to work from our hearts. We may see some ugly things coming to the surface, but that just means they can't hide in the dark anymore. We can finally see them out in the light for what they really are. When you're shown images and videos of people and situations that may upset or trigger you, can you love them? Can you love them as much as you love your kids? Can you see the pain and suffering they've endured and the beliefs they're holding about themselves that have brought them to this point, whatever that may be? Can you see that there are no sides and we're all carrying generational trauma that desperately needs and wants to be healed? Can you send your love into both the organic and inorganic grids so it's available to others who aren't able to see this for themselves yet? This is what 2021 is asking of us to work with the frequency of love to raise our own vibration and hold new concepts of truth. I am sending you so much love as we navigate the energies of this week and beyond. You are a powerful being who really can change the world, but it's also totally okay to get back in bed and pull the covers over your head on the days that you don't feel like it. Some days I do that too. Now, If you're really feeling called to step deeply into these energies of 2021 to do healing work with yourself, the earth, and the collective, I would love to have you join me in the Earth Tenders Academy. The Earth Tenders Academy is a self-paced online course where I walk you step-by-step through how to work in liminal space with the spirits of the land, come into deep relationship with the place where you live, and learn the specific techniques to do healing work with the land. There's a link in the show notes to learn more and join. Okay, that's it for this week's episode. I hope you share your love and light with the world this week and maybe even take a peek into one of your dark corners to see if there's something hiding there that doesn't belong. Don't forget how powerful you are and I'll see you back here next week. Thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to the Earth Keepers podcast. I'm so honored to share this journey with you. I would love it if you join me and other Earth Keepers from around the world in the Following Hawks Earth Keepers community on Facebook. To find the show notes, additional resources, or learn more about working with me, go to earthkeeperspodcast.com. Until next time, I'll see you in the multiverse.